One of the perks of uh, having done a television show for as long as I did in Canada was I was invited to become a speaker quite early on and to deliver keynote addresses at many, many conferences over the years. I've lost count of the conferences and they have, they were great. And that is one of the things that I really mourn the loss of as the pandemic has taken hold is the opportunity to go to conferences and speak, but it's not so much the speaking. It's the people at the conferences that I am going to miss the most. And for me, the opportunity to meet and become a fraternity with the other speakers is a joy. It, it has it has uplifted me in so many different areas, and I am a fan of so many of the different speakers who I have had the opportunity to share the stage with in different conferences. Right at the top of that list is Scott Stratton, the author of Unmarketing and six other books. Scott is a humorist. He is a brilliant keynote speaker. But Scott is also a real leader in the speaker community. He and his wife have established a mastermind, a Facebook mastermind called the Speak and Spill Mastermind, which is a haven for professional speakers to uh, commiserate with each other, to share with each other, to coach and console each other, and, and to just share. And he's created a community out of this far-flung group of different speakers who are, as you can well imagine, a fascinating group to be involved in. And it's something that I have uh, I've found tremendous value in over the years. When the pandemic hit, when I recognized that we were going to be shutting down and conferences were going to be, at least for the time being, all canceled, my I immediately started to think about my colleagues in the speaking industry, and not so much people like myself who do occasional talks now. And it's a it's more a pleasant pastime than a real core part of my business. But there are a lot of professional speakers out there who that was their income and overnight that evaporated. So they were one of the first groups that I thought about as the pandemic hit, wondering how they were weathering this storm. So I reached out to Scott and I invited him to join us on Grey Matters Unscripted. Oh, I don't know if I've mentioned that to you here in the podcast in the past. We started to do a couple of months ago a weekly live stream called Gray Matters Unscripted. It's use loosely, loosely, it is loosely related to the content we deliver here on the podcast, but it allows us a lot more freedom and allows me to bring guests on and who allows you to interact with us live during the broadcast. Now, occasionally, the content of that live stream is going to have the kind of value that makes me want to take that content and use it for the podcast. A few weeks ago, we had Mark Schaefer on, we converted that Gray Matters Unscripted into a podcast. That's exactly what we are going to be doing today. I wanted to hear from Scott exactly how different speakers are reacting to the titanic shift in their business and in their marketplace. So that is going to be our main topic today as we look at the conference world and professional speakers, how they reinvent, but also how different individuals are coping with the pandemic. And I think that you will find Scott's insight incredibly valuable. So coming up today... Scott Stratton on Gray Matters. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. 
we need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. As I began editing this podcast, I realized that there was way more content here than I wanted to fit in a single podcast. So this is actually going to end up being part one of a two-part series. Next week will be the second part of our interview with Scott Stratton. So make sure if you've not yet subscribed to the Gray Matters podcast that you have clicked subscribe in the podcast application of your choice, or just keep your eye on your email if you are one of our subscribers to our newsletter and make sure that you pay attention so next week you get the second part. I'm sure after this week, you'll just be chomping at the bit to hear what's the more from Scott, because I, I can't recall too often when I've enjoyed the editing of a podcast as much. I found myself often just listening again to the content that I already heard once and not paying attention as an editor, but instead listening as a fan. And I hope you have the same reaction. Before we do that, however, I need to do a shout out to the patrons of Dottotech. Dottotech is a community funded channel and we are supported through the generosity of you folks at Patreon. And oh my gosh, are you ever important to us? I want to do a quick shout out to those of you who make this podcast, heck, to the entire Dottotech platform possible. And that is our community of support on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding service. It's similar to Kickstarter, but for content creators like me. And we've got an amazing community who support us financially, making it possible for us to create this podcast, our weekly tutorials on Webinar Wednesday, our YouTube videos, pretty much everything that we create. All our month patrons, which is the vast majority, the perks include access to our Webinar Wednesday archives, where we have over 100 tutorial webinars on productivity, online marketing, and content creation. And our latest perk is free access to our online course, Don't Retire, Rewire, which teaches baby boomers and Gen X what their online options are for reinventing themselves instead of retiring. The links are all in the show notes below, or just remember, patreon.com slash dottotech. Humor me for a moment while I share with you the names of my new best friends, those of us, those of you who have stepped up and chosen to support us here at Dottotech through Patreon. Uh, we appreciate you so much. So this week, joining us just this week, we have Douglas and David, we have Susan, John, Luis, Chris, Colin, and John, Bill and Karen, Eugene and Penelope, Janet, Jane, uh, we have Kathy and Adele and Paul, Tanya, Lori, Darlene. We have Grace, Heather, Paula, and Carolyn. To one and all who have joined the Dottotech community at Patreon and the Gray Matters community at Patreon, uh, my heartfelt thanks. What the hell is life like for these guys right now? Guys that make their living full-time speaking. Yeah. What the heck is life like for them? Because I went through this with the, with the economic meltdown with yeah. my TV show. Yeah. I went from like eight sponsors on a Wednesday and we were recording the show already to four sponsors left on the show on the Friday. And I was just like, I don't have enough money to do this anymore. What's happened in my business. I went through it. I, I barely remember what I went through, but you guys went through that two months ago. What, what was day one like when you realized and those cancellations started to come in? It's fine. So, and by the way, I 
I watched the show in the 2000s, so this is just a treat for me to be on this right now. So I appreciate the compliment from people that I'm on the show, but I'm I'm giddy to be be on here right now. Uh, so uh, understand the context of it. I've wanted to be a, a keynote speaker since I was 12. Like a lot of people wanted to be a, an astronaut or a firefighter, and I'm, I saw a, a video of Les Brown on stage on our TV, and I'm like, that's a thing? Like you can do that? You can just yell at people and go home? How do I do that, mom? And then she's like, yeah, it's a speaker. And I, I, and I always knew I was a performer and a storyteller and I'd never had a fear of speaking. So in the past 10 years, that I've achieved my dream. I do 60, 70 keynotes every year like clockwork for the past decade. Like I was living the dream. And it was the goal was just to keep doing that. Like people would say, because I climbed the ladder of in the speaking industry and doing well. And my, my friend's like, so what's next? And he did his arm like this, like he did a diagonal. He's like, what's next? And I'm like, flat it. Let's just this for the next 40 years, please. Like I, I, I don't have this urge for that endless pursuit of more. Like it's not, were, I don't, I don't achieve something. I'm like, let's go to that bigger thing. You were living the dream. hundred percent. And then, so, you know, the rumblings and I went from, um, I was getting ready to go on the road again. And, um, I had four gigs in, uh, eight days coming up, kind of scattered throughout, um, the U S and, uh, and I'm based in, in Toronto. It went from all four gigs happening and looking at it saying, oh, this this virus thing is, is coming to saying, well, I hope I get to do these gigs before it hits to I hope one of the, one or two of these gigs happen to I hope they all cancel in a very quick amount of time, like literally just like by that the whole description I did was in a matter of three days. So you were looking at the bigger picture. You weren't you weren't crushed by the prospect of all of your business going away. You had an actual societal fear of like, oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't go ahead. This is way worse than we imagined. Very quickly. So it was initially saying, you know, these these are like my gigs. Like these are my and and I've earned this right to do this, and and I go out and do it, and and I love it, and I, I get paid well to do it. To um, it's it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, pretty much for humans. It was we need to be safe for everybody. And it was immediate. And like we had, so one of our kids was in his first year at UBC, which is on the West coast of Canada. You know, we're out on the East coast. Another one of the kids is, is away. Allison, who's not only my wife, but my business partner and the co-author, she's in Utah at an animal sanctuary with our daughter and, and, and doing an annual kind of trip there to volunteer. And within 48 hours, it was, let's look at, you might want to come back early to, everybody home now. Uh, and it was pulling, you know, our Owen out of UBC and, and, and just getting wow. them just like pulling your child out of school or before they say it's time is a weird parenting move. Like it's usually you saying you should be going to school. You should be going to it. And I'm not like leave school and like, like come on out. But once they all got here, once everybody, so we have, we have five kids between the ages of 13 and 23. Once they were all here and once Alice and I were here together, I just took a deep breath. And I'm like, it's Maslow. It's 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 each layer. You can't look at one level without that base one. The base one was your health, your 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 the family, your loved ones, and then your fellow human. And so I've had some some grief, you know, over that. And part of it was because you know we get known for what we do professionally, you know, and 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 for people like 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 you and I, where people know us in our certain circles and our fields, and we're known as a uh, um, uh, an expert or an influence of it or an, uh, a celebrity, a micro celebrity. And in, in my case, in certain circles, it's, you know, that's also an ego push. That's, uh, you know, my yeah. payment for talks was applause. 
my my and laughs so much of my stuff's based off humor you know and this all came down and a lot of people in speaking were saying well we can do it virtual and it's the same and i'm like it's not for who nobody across the board it's not the same for attendees event planners or speakers like i just did a webinar two days ago and like it was done and i just clicked leave meeting and then i just sat right here and just went Nobody said good. Good job, Scott. What was Nobody that? Came up to you and, and, and pit buttonholed you to ask you a question, <laughs> or do you remember me from so and so? I saw you. Speak yeah, and yeah. obviously with perspective, and I'm coming as as such a it's such a small thing in comparing what's going on uh, in, in the world. But in you know my brain, we got to process these things, and I, I had built this thing where I got a I got applause for my job, man. Like how, who else does that? Like athletes and musicians, but athletes can get booed. Yeah. Musicians, musicians actually have to do something and work, and I just get to yell at people, and then yeah. it's like bravo, and then and I I, but that was very quick. I have turned into like domestic bliss so quickly, and it um it's, it's surprising too, like because this was my entire thing was based on this my 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 status in the industry, the the you know the revenue. It's amazing how little you can live off of when that stuff stops and um i went from my minimum being 40 a year i thought would be good for the next 20 years to now thinking i could do four yeah if they can put them together yeah, if they um, can put them together yeah so one of the things that uh, most people won't know about you but you are you are like a uh, almost a uh, a real leader in the speaker community you run mm -hmm. a, a facebook group that speakers go into and and share tips and that had to be a place now you sound like you reacted really positively and, uh, you know, healthfully to it. What, what was the reaction from most of the other speakers that, that you go was there, was it, was it, was there anger? Was there frustration? Yeah. Was there disbelief? What, what, what were you hear, hearing back? I think it's, it's, you know, speakers are, are, you know, first and foremost humans. So you had the range of emotions from everybody, right. From denial and doubt, anger, sadness, you know, uh, like all across the board because, you know, it's not just our profession that was taken away. It's most professions were taken away, but also ours will be one of the last ones to come back, uh, yeah. especially in my, my, like there's a lot of niches in, in, in speaking, but mine is large events, like large gatherings, literally everything that's happening in the news right now. That's what I do. I speak at, I do keynotes. Yeah. I, I don't do training or, or workshops or breakouts. Like I, I perform, I'm a storyteller on stage and that's what I, 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 I really do. And I was born to do. And so there's part of that, but it's, it's also when you have a community, right? One of the biggest parts is, you know, trying to lead a community by, it's, I think leadership's a verb. I think what you do. So what we thought was what was the best for the community. So we did a Facebook live every weekday, um, at 11. Uh, and then we did a zoom open zoom room for anybody who wanted to drop in right after at noon. And we did that for the first two months. Did you feel you were a counselor, just coaching them through oh, to a certain extent? No, 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 no. I think that, to be honest with you, that that we got more out of that than everybody. Like it's a, allowed us to still have frequency, to still be talking, to still do this, and to still. Most people, I think, in speaking are in it because they're very passionate about their message. And when you take away passion on uh, on the stage, and there's no outlet online, it's a tough spot. So we just wanted to keep that opening where the passion come out. Maybe it's a passion about the profession at the time. There's the loss of it. And, but it was more about, okay, so what do we do right now? And, and also, and also that it's okay that you're not doing anything right now. Cause when you come in and say, you need to do this, well, it's like, no, we're not, nobody's working from home right now. It's a pandemic and you're at home. Yeah. Right? This is not work from home. I, 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 I'm sure I've been working from home for, um, that's a fancy way of saying I've been unemployed for 17 years. I've been, you know, an entrepreneur for 17 years. I've been working from home since I had a home. But yeah. this, this is not working from home. 
This is yeah. not, this is, this is, and we all deal with it differently. So you should not get productivity guilt, nor should you get guilt about being productive. Like it's yeah. whatever, it's however we work it. Like, and this is not like each person is different for me. Each, each hour is different for me, right? Each hour, man. I, I'm like, I'm, I get down to this, I like, guess we're in the basement here. And, and so I have the corner with a Mac and I'm like, I'm going to get everything done today. And I, I hop on and 20 minutes into it, I just see or think of something and I'm like, well, that day's done. And it's just like, it's like it, nothing gets, but you're exhausted at the end of the day. And you're still exhausted. And I feel like, oh, I've done nothing. I'm like, no, you got through the day. Sometimes that's enough. Most of the time that's enough, especially right now. We, I, I always say that, you know, we, we can always spare some kindness, but right now that kindness also has to be to yourself. You've got to be kind to yourself right now. There's so much, uh, uh, um, kind of this like the, this hindsight remorse happening. I could have done this. I should have done this. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, no, nobody. You know, it's just like make a decision today that you'll be proud of tomorrow, and that's all we can do. And when, but the key here is when new things come, when new information comes, or when new energy comes for you, you base your decisions based on that recent information, not you know, you know, past regret on something yeah. and it's okay. One foot in front of the other, everything above that is just gravy. It's, it's a funny, it's, it's being raised in Catholic church, I think has given uh, obviously has its own issues, but I have this Catholic guilt thing that happens. Yeah. And for me, one of the most interesting aspects of this is everything is better. Uh, not, not everything is better, but everything business-wise is better. Like our, the YouTube channel is popping. I, yeah. You know, the, our engagement is up across all platforms yeah and i'm feeling guilty about that yeah because and, and it's true I, I laughed a little bit as i did it because i've said this enough times now that i'm kind of past recognizing that it's i didn't do something wrong nevertheless it, it creates an, an an interesting kind of cocktail of emotions it does, and, 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 and you can't win and you can no. but the thing is right now especially like if you're in marketing right now too especially or or your own business and you're like you're wondering when like you, you still want to have a business and especially if your business is virtual where you can still sell and ship and it hasn't been as disrupted as a, a, a brick and mortar location. The problem is, oh, do I send an email? Do I send one that says our, our CEO is, you know, with us through these trying times? Well, then we don't want to do that because then people are going to say, well, why would you even leverage this pandemic? But then if you don't address it in the email you send out, then they're like, what are you tone deaf? And he's like, you can't, it, it's really a lot where we can't, you feel like you can't win as a business right now, but that also all those businesses are humans. And if we mm -hmm. cut each other some slack right now, a little more empathy and understanding again, including ourselves, then that becomes less tense. And, and, but although I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I really don't need another email from saying that, that we're in this together. Like I, I, like I just got some emails from casinos in, 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 in Vegas. They're like, we're reopening. And this time we're cleaning the rooms. You're like, well, yeah, what, you, what were you doing before? And, uh, you know, <laughs> and, you know, airlines are like, this time we're going to clean. And uh, you know, the, the trays, you know, like I've been on a lot of planes and a lot of hotel rooms. What were you doing before? And yeah. And the coping mechanism. I mean, you, you also are in a position where the coping mechanisms that businesses should be doing, or one of the, one of the ways that they can weather this storm is the philosophy that you've been teaching from the stage, to, at least since your book was published, but it's really, you kind of sit back and go, yeah, I, I've been telling you guys this for a long time. You haven't been listening. It's, I just, I, you know what I'm trying to always find, like right now, the problem is like we see, you know, on, you know, you're on your, you're on your phone and you're, you're going, you're scrolling. It's the, it's the endless scroll and, and literally it's endless, right? It will just not stop feeding you stuff all 
day, all night when you're looking at it. So I've been putting my phone down and just kind of leaving it plugged in. Steve, I've never done that. The only time I've done that was like on a cruise and I locked the phone in a safe and there's no signal anyways. I've been going five, six hours a day just plugging my phone in beside the bed upstairs and just going out for the day because we control our own noise. We can't control what's going on in so much of the world. We can't control what goes into our brains and into our minds and into our heads and then into our hearts. And then because that, whatever comes in goes out. And so I've been staying off of a lot of it. I'll do my morning check and make sure because of when you write books about connection and stuff, people want to connect with you. So they're going to send you a tweet or something like that. I want to make sure I want to see those, but then I put it away or I just go to the places that bring me a lot of happiness. Like I, I go to Instagram to smile and laugh, you know, Mm -hmm. into hard things where, and it depends on who you follow. Like it does not means Instagram's good and Twitter's bad or whatever, but like Twitter, I go to my lists and I read certain things I want to see from that. And when I want to dive into yeah, when I want to dive into uh, uh, you know learning more about what's happening in in my area or something about COVID, then I go to those resources I want to see. But I control that, and and the problem is like, well, Facebook's full of a cesspool of comments, and I'm like, those are your friends. Like I'm just like you, you choose. <laughs> You're connected with them, and I'm like mute or unfriend are very powerful things, and yeah, you never should have people, to explain yourself. And a lot you of people discovering that for the first time. Oh, it's beautiful. I use birthdays, by the way, and that's the most cruel thing in the world. But upcoming birthdays, I'm like, mm, let me see who I don't know. If I wouldn't, you know, stand beside you and blow out a candle with you, I'm going to take <laughs> you off there. Yeah. So happy I'm, birthday. If if, if if I rely on it now, I have a good friend who, for some reason, she won't be my friend on Facebook, even though she's friends with everybody. She goes, no, we're real life friends. We don't have to be friends on Facebook. I go, okay, fine. Except I miss her birthday all the time. And she gets mad at me. What kind of friend are you? I'm a Facebook friend. I'm shallow. So if you want me to say happy birthday, make me your friend on Facebook for God's sake. Dude, I, you know what? I love, I always love the, I guess partly it's because it's being Canadian, but I love the passive aggressiveness sometimes, which is never intended of the day after birthday post of the birthday, you know, recipient, which is thank you all who gave me the birthday messages yesterday on my wall. I'm like, Oh, I didn't do that. I mean, like, I'm just like, <laughs> I think they wrote that post to passively aggressive call me out. Cause I didn't wish them a happy birthday. So. My oldest daughter purposely never greets me for my birthday on the day of, she says it should be a birthday week. So she did, she does it a few days later. I think it's just to send me a lesson. Cause she knows I'm sitting there at home going, is she going to call? Is she uh, just, just find, just find out, pull, go into calendar, put repeat yearly and then it'll come up on your phone that's what i had to do with uh siblings and stuff too it really helped me <laughs> so let's talk survival techniques yeah so you've 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 now done you know kind of you got yourself healthy at home you're mm-hmm. cocooned yeah but you've got to be looking at your business your yeah. main income yeah. is not going to be back for two years yep. maybe yeah i'm guessing two years yeah so What's Scott going to do for two years? How, how do you, how does somebody like you with your background and your, and, and your content mix, how do you pivot and how do you, how do you reinvent yourself now for this time? Well, you know, first part is obviously in, in basic business one-on-one, right? It's either, there's two ways to do you know, is either increase revenue or decrease expenses or both. So the goal right now, it was just, it was a hard look at every single penny and it was a hard look for that, you know, Alice and I sat down and, and I, I think if you have a significant other, you should be treating them significantly better than anybody else. And so you sit down and you talk and you have these conversations. And before this, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I was, uh, I was bougie Scott. I'm still bougie Scott, by the way. I'm just like, it just, it, it's, it's just, a, it's economy Scott at this point. And, but the, the looking at it and saying, okay, so what, what is need and what is want? And we went through all that. But the second part is, okay, Instead of trying to to getting out and saying, let me change 
my content, my talk, and just go virtual and then shift it into a COVID-related kind of adversity type of thing and go, okay, so what have I not utilized of what we've either already done or my best skills? So one thing Allison's been doing, she's the writer of the two of us. She's the writer of the, of the, of the books and I'm the guy who does this yapping stuff. And um, she's gone back, she's doing it right now and she's going through all six books and a bunch of stuff from the podcast and saying, where's all those diamonds we haven't mined yet in different platforms? Because we've spent the past decade growing things and it was very simple. I created content, social, got noticed on Twitter, got the book deal. The book leads to the stage. The stage leads to more stage. The book leads to more stage. So everything, the funnel went towards getting Scott on stage. That's how we make money. Mm -hmm. It went this way. So then we said, okay, you, the funnel is no longer, nothing's pouring out of that funnel. How do we shift that funnel? Not throw the funnel away, not just toss it in the garbage and start again and do a brand new talk, which I have no reps of, I have no experience with, and I'm thinking I'm going to charge the same, which is also quite ridiculous in our industry where we're trying to charge the same as it would be at going to an event. I'm like, it's not the same value. Like, no, it's the same information. I'm like, it's not the same experience. It's not the same thing, nor do I want to do a keynote like this. You know, yeah. I don't like, we should be taking, since we're on the big stage, we should be making it much, much more intimate and smaller, like doing a talk Q and a and drilling down and stuff. So we're going through all of our stories and we're taking key concepts and then stories and examples. We have no YouTube stuff based on that. It's just all me on stage and our show. So we're going to start making the video on it. We're start making more posts on it and blogs is where can you take your evergreen content that you've already created? You just have to mine for it. You just have to grab it and say what will work. And that's not always easy to do, but that's like the, the lowest hanging fruit and the best positioning. So if you can do it, then you, then you go and start mining for that. And that's what we're doing. Right. And so my job is learning this stuff. Like I didn't do, I wouldn't, I did a webinar last week. It was my first paid one in this whole time, which was our first revenue. And I refused to do one until this time because it took me two months to try to learn just this stuff properly, just to learn Ecamm properly and to do the actual digital side of it versus just going off of a one camera bad sound and saying it's the same because it, it just doesn't make any sense. You can't do that. So the webinars, we can live off of very few of those a year. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and just it's keeping our expenses as low as possible finding the revenue. So I want to drill into the webinar thing because you know I'm a big fan of webinars. That's yeah. you know so we've been doing them a long time. I love yeah. them. But yeah. every week we'll throw a quick promo for webinar Wednesday. You've experienced your first one that you planned from the beginning yeah. to deliver. What was that experience like? What, where was the value and where were the challenges that you brought? First what what platform did you use? Uh so I used Ecamm and they were using Zoom so I went Ecamm so you used your camera, camera, so you had control, so you could switch your sources and you could add, uh, and you could add stuff. How many people were on the webinar? Uh, four hundred and eighty, and they used Zoom webinar, so they didn't use a Zoom meeting. They used the webinar package. So what was what was the experience like from you? First of all, the total sense of disconnect of not knowing whether anything was landing wasn't that strange. And that's the thing. Like I've done. Like I've done, a, you know, in my history, I've done plenty of, you know, webinars in the back in the day of, of you know, teleseminars and, you know, yeah. everybody phoning in on a bridge line. And, but this was my first one of like, okay, this is the replacement for your talk, right? This is now the world. And it's, it's, it's like, it's exactly what you said. You're sitting there going, is this landing? Is any of this landing? And like, I'm, I'm, I, I work so much off of the, the, the visual and auditory cues on stage and my, it's so much based on humor because I usually, I get them laughing and then I hit them with the point. Right. Once I get them, when you're laughing, you're listening. 
Okay. And that's when you're laughing, you're waiting for the next joke. And then I can hit you really with a solid point because my goal isn't that joke. Although I love the laughter, my goal is the point. And that's actually why I'm brought in is to hit that point. And I don't know if I'm hitting that point. And I know th the bits I do, like the ones I practice, I know they resonate because I've done them on stage so many times, but it's still because that's my fuel. Yeah. Their laughter, their applause is my fuel. And you can see at an event when they get into it more, I get into it more. Yeah. And also, and I'm timing uh, changes slightly. Every, everything yeah. changes. And then it's also working with, so I wanted to make sure that it wasn't a webinar that was just my talk and slides that I've just pushed online. I wanted to make it more of a, an actual kind of, you know, webinar type of thing versus, you know, just a virtual version of my in-person keynote. But it was, I, when I finished and it went great and they were happy, but here's the thing. They're like, all right. So the guy came on who was co-hosting and he came on, he says, and it was great. And there's a, there is a former client of mine. They were bringing back all their favorite keynotes and he's like, thanks so much, Scott. I'm like, you're very welcome. And then they were continuing on doing something else. I just clicked end zoom for me and I got out of it and I just sat right here and I just went, I well, this, okay, I guess it's over. And it was so odd. It was so weird. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. It was just, yeah, like I just did my thing. I think I know the exact, the exact sense of, um, being cut off from the stream that, yeah. Cause it, it, like doing television that that happens on live feeds. You're on a live television show, right. you're doing a hit from a studio or from your, whatever your location is. And they end that. And it's just like, boom. It's just like you're drifting and literally yeah. you're like that. You're, you're, yeah. you're not centered anymore. Now, let me ask you, did you, did you engage with the chat? Did you engage yeah. with comments? Because in my mind, the, the difference between doing live, one of the keys live is the energy we get from the people around us. So I hate when webinar, uh, when they deliver a webinar and they disable chat, because then you're not getting the social proof. That's, that is people around you laughing, leaning in, leaning back. That's the attention and the energy you get from the room. How did you deal with the chat? So one of the things for me, uh, luckily for me in speaking is one, I don't get nervous. And that is just a, um, I, 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 that's not a skill. I'm missing a synapse in my brain that says, you know, wet your pants before going on stage. It's just not, I'm so fortunate for that. But, you know, the, the, I'm always, I love responding to things in real time. And with keynotes at large events, you know, you don't get to really do Q&A. You don't really get to do a lot of it because it's a performance. You're setting the tone for the day and then you're sending them on their way to the trade show, the breakouts, whatever it's going to be. And with this, not only do I like using the comments, it's one of the most valuable parts of it because for me, like I can, I can really go and, and run with stuff and, and, and I can see that, you know, when, when you said somebody right now, uh, you appreciate their comment, which I just saw you put in the comments, I can work that in there. And yeah. so when people are, 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 when, when, you know, when anybody says something like, I love the, the, the musician coming and, and when, when, you know, Dr. Jackson comes in and says, this is so helpful for them. Like you, when you work that in, people feel seen mm -hmm. and that's the big key right now. We can't, that's again, my biggest problem by saying, no, I can deliver it the same online. You don't want it the same online. You want it to be like this. You want it to be that I'm talking to you because it's, you're not sitting around with 500 other people. You know, you know, it's you at your computer. You may or may not be wearing pants right now. A dog is doing something over there and a kid may or may not need something. And you're just like, get to the point. And it's different. It's so different. When you're at an event, you have a monopoly on their time. Unless they're looking at their phone, but don't worry, I'd call them out anyways. But this way, they can have a hundred things going on because it's a freaking pandemic and we're all at home. So it's not going to be the same experience. But if I call out somebody's name, 
you know, I, I, I have the ability to then call them and say, you know, uh, Mr. Rudolph said this on this, the chat and this, and, and, and then, uh, uh, David Guthrow said this on the chat you know what I mean? Like, so like we have these things that we can say, no, I'm here because we also have another thing here, which is in zoom and everybody's so zoomed out a lot of times when mm. people are in there, like I I'm guessing this is a non-scientific 100% guess that 75% of the time on zoom, you're looking at your own feed. I think we will leave things off here. If you want to make sure that you do not miss part two of my interview with Scott Stratton, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your podcast platform of choice or drop by dototech.com, subscribe to our newsletter there, and then we will email you notification of all of the different uh, content that we create here on Dototech. Now, listen up. If you check the podcast notes, I'll have a link there to, to Scott's book, also to Scott's podcast, which is fun. He does it with his wife, Allison. It's a great podcast, very mature podcast podcast and he does it's well worth having a listen to if you enjoy this and you're looking for other good podcasts to consume and i think that's just what it let's just call it a day and we will see you next time right here for more gray matters till then i'm steve dotto have fun storming a castle